you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals, then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to dancer, teacher, and choreographer, Ema Walsh. Ema has worked with the likes of Tiny Temper, The Voice, X Factor, The Saturdays, Kelly Rowland, and many more. Ema tells us a bit about her journey and how she got to where she is. We also talk about a lot about dance classes and how to make the most of the classes you're taking. And we also talk about how to make it as a professional in this industry and what it means to be a professional in this industry and that it's not just about being great at dancing. There's so much more to it. It's such a great podcast. I hope you all find the benefit in it that I found just from having the conversation with Ema. Um, Also, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you so much for all the support so far with the podcast. It really means a lot. Um, I'm going to keep doing my best to delivering you good content with some of the best in the business. So I hope you enjoy. This is Ema Walsh. And we're in, motherfucker. (laughs) Hello, Walshie. Hi. And today I have the wonderful, the amazing, the non-filtered, Ema Walsh. (laughs) Non-filtered, dangerous afternoon. Um, It's very (laughs) lovely to see you. And thank you for coming on my podcast. You're welcome. I feel like... You know when you first become a dancer and you get signed by like a big agent or you get like that big first job? It yeah. feels like one of those. It's like I've got like one of my favorite people <laughs> on my podcast. It's like yeah. I'm going to su- charge you a lot of commission I'm for this. I'm succeeding. <laughs> um, still in prep though. <laughs> yeah. We, well, still in prep. On a budget. It's true. On a budget. It's okay. It's okay. I've done a pub. I've done a car. I've done Costa. <laughs> I feel like we should have tried to do something more slightly interesting than the press. Like what? I don't know. London Eye. <laughs> yeah, on top of a building or something. And they give me plug sockets. <laughs> I don't know if they will. Uh, probably not. Um, so <coughs> you're in London working. I am. You're doing, you're choreographing. I am. I spend my life in trains these days. Um, I am. I'm choreographing for an unsigned artist who's about to take on New York Pride in about two weeks, which is very exciting for him. Um, and he is very keen to make a real impression so um, we're working this week on putting together a impressive show for him which I think he will make an impression because he seems like an impressionable person yeah, he's doing he's, very well he's forceful he's got I, a lot of um, he's got a lot of stuff going for him I um, stalked him on Instagram and he's got photos <laughs> of like Lady Gaga and shit and I was like how I've never even heard of this dude and he knows all these people yeah I mean he's he's already charted on the Billboard Top 100 with a remix of one of his tracks um, without representation or without management and so that seems to have been opening doors for him to go and travel over there but, I mean, New York Pride, especially 50th anniversary of Stonewall, it's a big deal. So, hopefully, it'll nice. go well for him. New York Pride, is that, that's probably one of the biggest prides in the world. Pretty right? much, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a total expert of any means, but um, I believe it, it is one of the biggest. And it's 50 years since the original kind of mm-hmm. Pride march, as it were. So, I think it's a particularly big year for New York Pride. That's dope. Yeah. That'd be good for you. Fingers Maybe he's going to yeah. be a superstar. Maybe he will. Who he, knows? He's going to be Stranger the, things have happened. He's going to be the new Enrique Iglesias <laughs> or something. Oh, Enrique. Yeah. Oh, Enrique. <laughs> um, so the whole point of my podcast, obviously, as you know, as you listen to them, is to um, give younger dancers and other people who are interested in our field an insight into what we do and some of the struggles and the, the great things about it um, and the things that we... I guess, come across in everyday life, which you don't consider. Yeah. Um, 
start off by telling us how you got into dance and what was your story. Um, all right. Do you want me to turn this down? No, no, it's fine. Um, I was about to say, just settle in for a long discussion. Um, That's okay. I've been here, this is my f nearly my 14th year. It's 14 years since I moved to the UK. So I've been doing this for quite a while. Um, I started like any little girl probably does with their good toes, bad toes, when they're doing ballet when they're small. And I did that through school and um, through university. And maybe many people don't know that I have a law degree. I'm a graduate from UCD, University College Dublin. And I did my law degree. You're very clever. <laughs> it's not anymore. Most of it's gone. Um, but, uh, and while I was doing that, I was dancing all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I finished my degree, I, which was kind of my deal with my mother, get your education, then you can go and do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, I went and traveled to New York and trained there, trained in New York on the ISVP at Broadway Dance Center. And then- What's the ISVP? It's the International Student Visa Program. It okay. was basically at the time you couldn't get into America without any kind of visa, mm -hmm. unless it was a tourist visa. And we were at the time. I went with John Graham, who was um, my partner at the time. And we went, because you could get to stay there for seven months, at a stretch. Seven? Yeah. That's you good. had You're six months. Three. Yeah, you had six months and then you had a 30 day window to get out of the country. Mm -hmm. So we used all the time we had. And then you had to pay for it. But at the time in Ireland, it was Celtic Tiger. You could earn money, mm -hmm. not easily, but you could earn it like reasonably quickly. So we both saved our asses off and went there and spent all of it in America. <laughs> <laughs> and with the tiny amount we had left, we went to LA with another friend called James Caviani. Shout out to James, who doesn't dance anymore, unfortunately. Um, and went to LA and the two boys were like, right, we have to come back here right now. And at the time I was like, I need to go home. I need to see my mother. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, we then went back to LA maybe a couple of months later. I'd been to New York three times in total and then went to LA, trained in LA, trained everywhere, really took it all in and then moved to London in 2005. Mm -hmm. So you did all that before moving here? Yeah. Oh, so I left uni in, I'm giving away my age slightly, but I, I left uni in 2001. Mm -hmm. and then spent kind of 2002 and 2003 saving my ass off, spending summers in America, mm -hmm. and then went to America, properly to New York and LA. And they were huge, hugely kind of altering experiences for me, mm -hmm. watching talented people. Like I was training with Cheryl Murakami and Rapsi James and Kevin Marr and Dana Foglia and mm -hmm. James Jackson and all these people that were, are still figures that people would look up to. And the same in LA, huge, huge characters in the dance scene like Marta Kidaka, Therese Espinosa, Wade Robson, Brian Friedman, I could go on and on, Tony Testa, yeah. like people who have changed the game as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And all those people had huge influences on me and how my development as a dancer came about. So when I moved to the UK in 2005, I don't think I knew what to expect. The only, thing, only decision I made was that America was too far away. Because mm -hmm. I'm I'm, even though I've been away for a long time, I'm a home bird and it was too far away, as you know yourself, to yeah. be away from family for that long. Oh, it sucks. Yeah, it's horrible. And um, I just it was not an option. It was never something I wanted to do. So moving to London seemed to make sense. And moved here in 2005 and ran out of money fairly fast. <laughs> Faster than you did in America. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, with less money going to London. Um, but I think we, I remember we getting to like the January, so let's say four months after we left, or Christmas actually, and thinking mm -hmm. we had about maybe 200 quid left between us. Yeah. And just before we went home that Christmas, we both got 
Into the Hoods, the very first production of Into the Hoods, mm -hmm. Fizzy Nation. And that was really what saved us both. And um, I think maybe John had worked for them, I can't really remember. Um, but for me, that was certainly the reason why I came back after Christmas. Because I yeah. think in another world, I would have gone home at Christmas and never come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, 14 years later. Was it still a hobby before that? Or um, did you, were you trying to pursue it as a career? No, definitely. This was all pursuing as a career. Like, mm. I would have auditioned for agencies in LA and done, like, random jobs. Like, I actually danced at them. I did a job for Shao Murakami, mm. like, when I was in New York. I wish that I'd stayed sometimes. Um, like, $100 and a free yeah. pair of trousers. You know, the kind of yeah. shit you do when you're a student. And um, so, no, it was all in pursuit of it being a career. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then getting into the hoods was really what started everything in motion, working with Kate Prince, who's still a great friend, and, and Zunation is a company that I still work for and have every kind of belief and faith in. It's a wonderful mm -hmm. group of people to be involved with. And yeah, so then just being here, we were into excess, of course. Of course. Um, Cisco and Kim and Sean really, for me, I've always said that being here, even more than anywhere else, formed me as who I was as a dancer because you had to try and, it wasn't just about going to class and going to, well, in and out didn't exist maybe as much, but going to in and out afterwards and like hanging around and yeah. going to carnival. It was, I need to eat and I need to pay my rent and I want to go home next week to see mm -hmm. my mom for her birthday. And so that was, that was hard and getting like shitty part-time jobs and doing promo gigs and yeah. you know, all the stuff we've all done that's mortifying yeah. and Anything you hate yourself to keep you for here. It. Yeah, exactly. So then when it began to kind of, tick over we got a class in pineapple and that was key yeah did your classes get busy right away yeah you know actually really fairly quickly so we took over from a lady called well kind of by route there was a lady called tanya peterson who was a big deal in the uk mm -hmm. and she had gone home to denmark and a lady called mariama had come to take her class mm -hmm. over she was such a lovely lady mariama she's in denmark now hi mariama um <laughs> yeah. and she decided to go home and we, as a consequence, got kind of handed off into her slot, Tuesday and Thursday at five. And uh, that's still, one of them is still John Slot's Tuesday at five. And I gave up my Tuesday, or Thursday, excuse me. I gave up my Tuesday maybe three years ago when I moved to Manchester. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the classes picked up almost instantly. And you had like people who were working dancers coming to class. Like I remember people like Jamie Curtis, who you would have had on the podcast, mm -hmm. who's professionally profound has worked so it's done so much Claire Meehan his lovely wife now um, Michelle Stark and other people who like people who were recognised at the time coming to class and we were like wow they're coming to class you know yeah. and they were packed like we're talking about 50 people in studio two like, yeah, like which is one like, yeah. yeah like back to back like caviar in a tin um, or sardines not caviar um, yes caviar so <laughs> <laughs> sure um, so yeah like that was god that's a long time ago but um, but then for me and this isn't a lie it took me two years to get my first commercial audition wow and so when people come to me and say oh I haven't got a job and I've been out of I've been out of college for six months and I'm getting anywhere and it's not working I'm like geez just hold on like hold that's on. no time and I think sometimes graduates and to be fair sometimes graduates walk out of college and get jobs and mm. the industry's changed a lot since then but you have to be patient and you have to kind of pay your dues and I think at the time it took me two years to realize what I needed to do to yeah. in order to work and to kind of understand what it was like to audition and 
what the client might have been looking for and maybe this is in retrospect that I know a bit more now but I think I learned so much from that process and there was way more auditions to go to back then as well yeah so I would get to auditions and I would get to the final round and I would get cut and I'd be pissed and um and like I'd get put on hold yeah. and then I would take it go away and you just but those are the ones that you learn from the most because I find that you kind of assess who got the job and why they got the job and you compare it to yourself yeah. and I don't think you should compare yourself no, to others not at all. but it's a good way to tally up and going what am I missing or what is the sometimes what's also, the cherry on top that yeah. I maybe don't have that they do why they got it over me I think yes that's true on occasion and other times I think it was absolutely nothing to do with me or yeah. the girl to my right or the girl to my left mm -hmm. like it just wasn't going to be for you that day yeah. and I think that's really important for dancers to understand younger dancers to understand a lot of the time it's just nothing to do with you mm -hmm. as much as you think it is yeah. you're like oh I'm fucking killing this shit and, and the girl beside you was terrible but she looks hella cute like oh, she's probably gonna get it um, <laughs> but I think things I learned like okay well I'm standing at the back that doesn't work let me go and stand at the front door maybe I'm going to change my outfit and I'm going to you know maybe I'm going to try and smile or make eye contact with the person who's holding mm -hmm. the audition all those kind of things I basically kind of tried and errored every single different thing <laughs> I remember I remember this one occasion this is so funny I don't know why this sticks in my head but I remember auditioning for Jerry for something and him saying to me I mean you're the only person who gave me an outfit okay this is no lie let me tell you what I was wearing because you're gonna laugh your head off and every other person is gonna laugh <laughs> yeah basketball shorts and long socks um I was wearing flat black boots skinny jeans a white Hanes vest yes. yeah and a scarf, no lie, a scarf tied like a bandana around my neck, like a dog would wear. Yes, outfit. <laughs> this is my outfit. <laughs> okay, caveat, this was maybe like... 2005? 2000, no, maybe like 2007. Okay. So, um, yeah, like things like that, that's so funny to Better me Better long socks. Yeah, I mean, and now you've got girls in like bikinis and like X's over their nipples and stuff. I'm like, oh God, I'm so glad I'm not dancing anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so it took me two years to book an audition job. Mm. And... And then once I booked that, then things started to kind of roll into place. Um, my career was very uh, zigzagged, making hand gestures that no one can see. It's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of jumped from pillar to post, like I was doing dancing jobs, and I was doing choreography jobs, and I was doing assistant choreography jobs, and I was doing dancer jobs. Like, it wasn't a straight trajectory for me. It yeah. never was. Um, and I don't really know the reasoning for that. I think that's just how the cookie crumbled yeah, as it were probably the qualities that you possess that, that you have well, as well yeah maybe so you know you're very um, um organized yes you're a very organized person you love a spreadsheet <laughs> um i mean you you're very obviously you're a very good teacher your classes were packed two years before you were even performing yeah so you're obviously well, that you're was good a lot at, of john too so, so obviously you're, there. you're good at delivering information you're good at teaching so that probably carries over into why you got put in a position to choreograph and to perhaps so yeah run a room um, of dancers yeah and i mean i i always was I suppose for me, dancing was never really enough. Like on the times, on the few times that I was doing gigs, repeated like repeatedly. So for for example, when I was in Edinburgh doing it at the Hoods at the Fringe, which was incredible, an incredible experience, and so much fun. But doing it every day for like six days a week, two shows on a, you know two days a week, I it, I was like, oh god, I'm ready to go. Yeah. After maybe like two or three weeks, I was like, oh, I'm ready to go. 
Whereas people do that every day for a year contract or more in the West End, and I have so much respect for them. Um, and I just think it, perhaps it wasn't for me. And my mind was always kind of like, what's that person doing over there? And what's that light do? And what happens if you do it? Like I was always kind of thinking about other things. So when I was given those opportunities, and the first people, the first person to really give me that opportunity was Kate Prince, and I assisted her with the Saturdays way, way, way back when. Um, that was such a op lovely opportunity for me. So I would have been assisting for the Saturdays on one week and I would be flying to Australia with Kelly Rowland the next week and yeah. I'd be maybe auditioning for X the next week and I'd be, you know, all these kind of things were going on at the same time. And, and for me, that was really exciting, but I eventually found myself drifting more towards the choreography side and more towards that side because I felt more like I could get my teeth into stuff and, mm -hmm. and feel more um, involved and, and challenged, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That so, makes sense. Yeah. But what do you think, I want to go back to, you said like when you first started teaching, your classes were packed straight away and you had all the professionals coming to your class which are already working, yeah. which is interesting because you were in a position where you weren't working. Yeah. What do you think brought them to your classes? Probably Sean Niles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, people at the time, like, who, I mean, di again, different time, but Pineapple was where it was at. Like, mm. everybody, the way people hang around 68 or hang around bass, that was where people were outside Pineapple all day, all day long. And if you were anyone who danced, you came there. Mm. So, um, so I guess we were going and taking classes and people were kind of like, oh, who are they? You yeah. know, I remember somebody asking me, were John and I brother and sister? And I was like, no. Um, <laughs> or someone else saying, are you John and Emer? I was like, no, he's John and I'm Emer. We're two different people. Um, and, you know, like people respond to good dancers the same way you would still go to class. And I, well, I don't know of anyone else, but I would still go to class and say, if I saw someone who was great, be like, wow, you were awesome. Yeah. Like, well done. You yeah. fucking killed that. I think we probably made an impact because we were good when we arrived. Like, we weren't amazing. We still had loads to learn, but mm. we were decent at the time. Well, you trained a lot. Yeah, abroad, already. Which they were, you were probably uh, exposed to things which we weren't here. Yeah, yet. oh, absolutely. So I think we kind of made an impact in that respect. And then we're taking class a lot. And in fact, probably done most of work before then. But so I guess maybe word spread and Sean, who would know everybody and still mm -hmm. does, probably was like, oh, these guys are great. You should come to class or Anthony or Cisco yeah. or Kim yeah. or any of those guys that we were around or Pete Francis. Again, mm -hmm. he was had the podcast and um, they were all people who were who loved dance and were interested in, in something new to take and new to kind of get their teeth into. Mm -hmm. So I guess that was why. And I guess and I mean, at the time, you weren't like looking on Insta and seeing who was in, like, who videoed it. You were just taking class at its face value. Yeah. And I mean, we learned that the hard way. We'd go into class and then think, oh, God, what have we done? Yeah, that's what I was saying. This say. is awful. I used to travel up from Cardiff and I'd be like, who's teaching today? Let's see yeah. How It'd be a Saturday. I'd take six classes, yeah, seven Yeah, yeah, just try and fail, like, and, and see I'd what works. And i do one after another and yeah. I'd be like, didn't like that one. Oh, oh yeah. And you go, Zoo Nation and Bird Gang at the same time. This week I'm going to do Zoo yeah, Nation. Yeah. Next week I'm oh, going to do Saturday Bird Gang. Saturday Pineapple used to be great. There's two excess. There was everything yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, it used to be amazing. And, like, I remember taking class that shall remain unnamed, but, like, being over by the window in Studio One and thinking, oh, fuck. I'm stuck. It's awful. I can't get out. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen anymore. Well, no, because you re there's so it's so easy to research now what you want to do. Yeah, of course. But the thing is, that's a, that's not as... That can be misleading as well, though. You can see a video of a class that's ramo, full of people, like, going oh, for broke. But that must be good. an awful teacher. And you yeah. have no idea. And that's yeah. what sometimes... Not bothers me, that would be a strong word. But I think about it sometimes that the teaching or the value of the teacher can't be measured by an Instagram post. No. Someone who's been teaching for a decent amount of time or maybe hasn't but has a wonderful manner and explains and is clear and yeah. 
can make and, you enjoy it. And it's a way of um, now through like obviously social media, people advertise their classes. Like I remember when Pete was last here, he was explaining to me that they, I don't ever remember doing this them doing this when I was in LA. But he was saying they were paying people to take their class at the time. Really? So like Jade Bug, who's like yeah. the YouTube star. Yeah, yeah. Like she's fantastic. People pay her to take their class, and then they film her, and that okay, advertises yeah. their class. And I'm like, well, yeah, she could fucking sell anything. Like, you could get a stranger to make a routine on the street, and she's gonna sell it. So it advertises their it's class. It's kind of dishonest in a way, so isn't it? It's misleading. You're not actually yeah. understanding the experience. No. You're just seeing steps, and someone executed very well, and you go, I'm gonna do that. And then this person is now the popular class because they've seen someone there. Whereas we didn't have that. Like, not I never the had least. That. And God, I would never trade it for a million years. Like, no. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to train in the way I did and make mistakes and learn from what was a good class to take and what wasn't. Because it made you more open. It made you more open-minded. And you wouldn't kind of, oh, I'm not going to take that class because it's not, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah, like, you went in. And, and to be fair, I remember we would go and take classes in LA and, and there would be four people in there. But they'd be fucking great classes because that person yeah. wasn't hiring for the job like yeah. Chuck Magnata's class was Ramo next yeah. door but this guy's class is empty but like mm-hmm. Devin Perry or you know yeah. people that were so empty. amazing and there was four people in there you'd be like what are you doing I, I remember going to Super Dave's class and there'd be exactly, three, there'd be great three of us in there and I'm like you guys know he choreographed like Chris Brown <laughs> like <laughs> the, the artist you all want to do but you're all next door taking the popular class like, like the <laughs> skill set those guys have like the amount of information they have to offer by comparison to what is Ramo like it, it will never fail to amaze me and I think thinking about it right now is it's always been that way yeah. it's just that maybe Instagram and, and so forth have highlighted even even more mm. so and it's something that affects me in a way because I'm not someone who, who kind of got on Insta when it started I'm only on Instagram because I feel like I have to be yeah to compete with what's yeah what's out and I, now. I don't think I even I'm competing but I don't really care like I, I'm putting up stuff that I feel is relevant to my career. I'm not someone who puts my personal life on Instagram. I never have, yeah. and I don't think I will. Um, except on my stories where occasionally I get excited by like... Your cat. Yeah, my cat. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking cute. She could she have is. her own Instagram. She is cute. <laughs> but um, we're like, if I get excited about a documentary or something I'm reading or, yeah. I don't know, well, like something nerdy Something you stuff. think is going to help others as well, I Yeah, guess. possibly, really, yeah, you know? yeah. Or sharing stuff that I'm proud of my friends doing, like your podcast or another friend of mine has a podcast in Ireland, which I think is great. Like, so those kind of things, but nothing that's about me. But anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, like, I, the way other dancers and other characters use Instagram is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, their tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. Meanwhile, like, I've got 2,000 followers or less. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't care. Like, it's not, it's not well, those what two, I'm here for. Those 2,000 followers get in and that they're there solely just for you means yeah. more than 100,000 followers which are there because they saw someone take your class fair yeah yeah because they're actually there for you they're not there because they saw someone doing that or someone referenced you and they're just there because i think you took class in a different way before like you well i suppose for for me i can only speak for myself but i wanted to take class from everybody i wanted to learn something from everybody And, and i think when i look around now at people who work or people who i respect as dancers they're people who have taken from everybody Mm -hmm. and they're so well-rounded they're they you could put them in any environment and they would swim and i think i for me that's what makes someone a fantastic dancer obviously their performance skills and their professionalism and all that stuff but someone who can and can swim in any environment is someone who i respect hands down and obviously i i i can see people with 
specific skills and 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 more so now you can see that and those people are getting opportunities to work which is wonderful and they're so individual mm-hmm. and maybe that will be how it will unfold maybe it'll become that that you you work in one in area of the industry because you are specialist. an ex type of dancer yeah. or 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 vice versa throughout mm-hmm. the industry but those people who worked like prolifically in the UK or in the US were people who you could have like ping plucked anywhere. In anywhere and they would yeah. have destroyed it you know yeah i always remember taking class because i'd always look at the people in the class and be like they're all doing the jobs that I want to do. So yeah. I should probably be doing the things that they're doing. Yeah, that absolutely. Was, that was always my... Obviously, like we said, we didn't have social media to go, what's cool? I'd just rock up to the building and I'd be like, what class looks busy? That one. It must mean it's good. Who's in there? Oh my God, Anthony Kay's in that class. I Let me go learn beside he, him. He yeah. works more than anyone. Yeah. I'm going to stand next to him and annoy the fuck out of him. Like, I remember... I didn't even know Cisco. I used to stand next to him in class and ask him questions. <laughs> He, just he would flick a, his hair at you and look at me like, me. shut up, you ginger <laughs> fuck, little midget. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, you know, like, it's always that thing. But I do feel like we're in a different time. I remember um, going to the Janet Jackson audition when it was here. It was, like, my first ever big audition. Oh, that and audition I, really broke my heart. Um, I got fast-tracked into the, the special audition <laughs> where, like, the invite invites yeah. only. Had no place being there. Just had someone which knew Miranda at Dancers Inc. recommend me. She put me there. And I walked in and I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm with everyone who I admire. Like, everyone is working. I never, I didn't want one job in my whole life. I was 18 or 19, thinking, oh, my God. And I remember Gil and Dean teaching the choreography. Or was oh, it Gil and James? No, it was probably Gil and Dean. Gil and Dean. And me getting the first eight and thinking, I can't even get this. And he's flying through. And I remember stood at the back, and I saw John Graham. And I didn't even know who he was. And I was like, can you help me? <laughs> and he started teaching me and going down in flames. And I remember looking around the room and going, wherever I see these people in this room, that's where I'm going to be. And that's that's ha- a good measure. And, and that was my I'm so out of my depth. And I came to Pineapple, and I'd see everyone in either Anthony's class, Cisco's, Kim's, yours, or John's. And I go, cool, I'm going to be in those classes. And I didn't I do the stuff which day. looked cool. I did the stuff which I was like, yeah. I need to be with him. That day, oh my god, it was like survival of the fittest. We spent that. Ho- there was probably about twenty of us spending that whole day together. And it was the most exciting thing I think any of us had ever done. Like pure fear, pure adrenaline. Like, oh my God, this is Janet Jackson. Like, this is actually going to happen. And I remember getting through the first round. I don't remember how many rounds there is. Maybe second round, and this is third round. Mm. And Kim and I got cut. And I hope she doesn't mind me telling the story. She won't. It I ends know, well yeah. for her. And <laughs> two shades. So of me right, and Kim off. went out. And I was like, fuck this, this is Janet Jackson, like this is never going to happen again. And my hair is, it's not as curly as it was, but it used to be really curly. And I said, fuck it, let's just change, let's go back in. They don't know who we are. So I put my hair up, changed my top, Kim did something similar and we went back in for the yeah. final round. And I got cut again, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but Kim got the fucking did job. Did you get to dance again? Yeah. Sick. And Kim got the job. And I was like, you know what, I'm happy that happened. Yeah, And it then was meant to happen. It was absolutely meant to happen. And it was really bittersweet for me because... Like, nearly everybody I loved got that job. Like, Sean, John, Cisco, Kim, Abby. There's more besides it, I'll forget. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud and so happy for them. But I was absolutely gutted for yeah. myself. Like, when we were leaving and they were staying for her, and, like, it was probably raining. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, walking home. Um, but then it was just, I remember, I remember them all being so stressed and downstairs and pineapple and five yeah. or six, like, trying to get the cario, like, 
like and John being like, oh my God, Nick Boss is right in front of me. You know, like things that would have, that were, they are dreams. Like yeah. they are dreams in coming in to fruition in front of you. And that was just incredible. But yeah, God, what a day. And that was kind of before the time when everyone was moving to LA to do these jobs. Yeah, that was way yeah, before that. Yeah, so yeah. That, that happening here was, you know, it meant oh, 10 times huge. more then than it does now. Because yeah. people didn't move away no. and to a big artist. It then. was like going to audition for Rihanna, who I'd auditioned for. We auditioned yeah. for her to yeah. write once together. Going to audition for her. And I remember getting good from that. I have so many of these getting good stories. Um, and I remember going home and Tanisha Bonner was living with me at the time. And I said to T, I mean, I thought I did a good job. Like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. And Tanisha said to me, and I f- fucking love her for this. She was like, you just didn't look like you were having a very good time. And that was like what? light bulb moment. What? Like, what? And if I look back at myself in videos, I look miserable. That was a long, stressful day. Yeah. That was a <laughs> no, long that day. wasn't that day. That was the pre... Oh. <laughs> I just threw <laughs> my hair on the cross fresh. <laughs> 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 oh, vintage. Crazy hand gestures. After that was forks. Um, uh, yeah, that was before. That was Umbrella. Oh, that was that, way before. That was the one with um, Tina Landon. Yeah, that was a really early That was audition. the most stressful day. Oh, yeah, for the one for... Um, uh, we Found Love. Yeah. That was hell. I remember I had... Doc- I think it was hell. Did you I, think it was hell? I had Dr. Martens on, two sets of heel <laughs> lifts and socks. I mean, I got my hair band. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I enjoyed that day. Yeah. Well, I, I was stressed. Were you? I was out of my comfort zone. I remember watching everyone else and being like, oh my God, they're great. Like maybe watching Katie Collins and being like, oh, she's amazing. Or watching other people and thinking, oh, that. But I, I just remember thinking, I need this job. I need this job. I need this job. <laughs> and then got to like right to the final group and they lined us all up and I stood next to Jay and Jay had bleached his hair blonde <laughs> to match the video. Oh, fuck. And uh, the, I think it was you're Tina. Gone. She went to me, oh, you're cut. I was like, what? And I looked down the line and I was still the fucking shortest <laughs> thinking, I can't put any more heel lifts in. Like, I'll be on relevé. Like, but I remember leaving and Rebby going to me, it's not because you weren't good enough. Don't worry. Oh, that and was I, a total look. I, and I remember her saying that to me and it, it really helped me because I was literally leaving like, I've never put my life on the line. Like, I bust my ass, my oh. legs and feet killing. And you know, you feel like you're so close. Yeah. And just that one person instilling that bit of hope, just going, it's so not because you're not good enough. It's I was, so important. Because she could probably see how demoralized yeah. I was I, when I left. And, and she had a bad experience that day too. Like, and there she goes and goes on to tour the world with her. So, yeah. you know. But it's so, I think that's really key that you support each other. That sounds really like a public school service announcement. But, but I don't think people do like that. No, they should. don't. And, and that little thing you say to someone might make the world of difference to them. And that's why, as a teacher, I find, or I, I, I make it a part of my job to make sure that I give feedback if I can, or if mm-hmm. there's something that I see in a student, I want to say that to them because I remember the first person who gave me feedback and I remember what a difference it made to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can underestimate the kind of impact that could have for someone else. Yeah. So like, for example, a girl came to class in Manchester last week who'd been out of college for four years. I used to teach her in studios. She'd come to college and uh, out of college and she hadn't danced for four years, excuse me. And she was like, I'm really scared. And I was like, don't be scared, it'll be fine beforehand. And afterwards I said to her, are you okay? Like, was it as scary as you thought? She was like, no, it was great. And I was like, great, see you again yeah. next time. Like, just even if you're saying that was really good or, but you just need to like yeah. something some kind of engagement yeah if someone outside of yourself recognizes you in the room sees you in the space even if it's just to say well done mm. like that can you can that can carry you home on clouds if you're a yeah. young dancer like oh my god they know who i am yeah like that's a big deal and i think if you're a student and you're paying for class like you should ask more of your teachers you should be asking them for more than just steps mm. like always 
okay, here's my, here's my tip. Ask for feedback in a class. Yeah. Like, okay, don't go up at the end when the class is over because maybe it's a really busy class and maybe they're busy. And they've got to bounce. Yeah. Go, but go up to them at the start of class and say, hi, I'm taking class today. If you get a chance, would you mind having a quick look at me? And maybe mm-hmm. if you had any feedback for me, that'd be really helpful. Mm-hmm. If that teacher is worth anything, yeah. they'll be able to give you something at the end of the class. If they say to you, and at the end, if you say, if they say something to you and you feel like, mm, well, that's not, maybe they didn't watch you. Maybe you don't take that class again. Yeah. But most teachers who are worth their weight will be able to say something, one yeah. thing yeah, this was great, but you needed to work on this. Yeah. Or your musicality was fantastic, but your movement's not that clear. Yeah. Something that you can take and you can make that seven or eight pound pay for yeah. something, make it earn its money, and, you know. And even if you're a teacher listening, that's va- that, take that on board because that's adding value to you as a teacher, Absolutely. which you're going to bring people back. Yeah, like I, they're paying to be there. Like even if, even if they're not, even if you're teaching in colleges, they're paying the college to be there. Yeah, like that's the most, well, to me, they're the most important ones because oh, they're, they're, they're trying to make this a career. You yeah. don't know if some people are coming just for a hobby, for your pineapple. That's true as well. But I do think as well, students who come to take class because they want to are very different students that are like, oh, I have to be here. I have to be in class today. Like, yeah. mm, we've all had our fair share of those. Yeah. But like, you are paying. They're paying you for the privilege. Mm. Like, and you should never take that lightly. And I never do. Like, I, at least I hope I don't. I, but it's it's their hard-earned money, whether it's from their part-time job or their loan or whatever it's from. Yeah. They're choosing to give it to you for that hour and a half or hour of your time. So you owe it to them as a teacher to do the very best by them that you can because that's your job. That's the service you're providing. Mm-hmm. So teach the combo. Be clear. Be Hopefully be nice. Yeah. And if you see something... It's not that you have to go out of your way, but if you see something in someone, yeah. say to them, because you have no idea what kind of impact that might have on that yeah. kid's path or mm. self-esteem. Yeah, that day you might just give them a little pick-up. Oh, yeah. Like, I bet you can think of a time like that for I, I can think of loads. Yeah, same for me. Leanne LeMay had the biggest one ever on me. I remember you saying that before She barely remembers podcast. it, and yeah. I'm like, <laughs> to me, it's instilled. I'll never forget it. I remember Luam, who's a silly teacher in New York, who's mm-hmm. prolific in her career. I remember her taking the time to come up to me in the cafe in Brody Down Centre with her video cam, like her camcorder, yeah. you know, phones at that time, and be like, I just want to show you something that I saw in class that you did. And I remember being like, holy shit, she knows I'm alive. <laughs> she saw me. This is incredible. Um, and, and that having such an impact and, and f- feedback in general, like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so much a part of teaching. In relation to that, because it carries over quite well, how do you feel about classes... I feel like now a lot of purpose and intent are placed on the class of just getting film, getting footage. Because yeah. it kind of carries over where it can be a good thing because you're like, okay, we're going to do uh, a group and we're going to film everyone doing it. But then uh, now I feel like that's kind of taken away from the teaching element of the class. Yeah. And we're just trying to deliver steps to make sure that we can film something decent at the yeah. end to make sure your next class is busy. It's really hard. Um, and it's interesting as well because I've just filmed a class of my own. And the response to that has been huge, far more than me just standing at the back of my phone. Mm. But I know my value as a teacher because I've been doing this for a long time. But it's difficult. I, it, it bothers me because I feel like it's changed how we train so massively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know what the answer is because I understand the need 
to do it mm-hmm. as a, from a teacher's point of view a and from a lifestyle point of, point of view and from a business point of view, absolutely. And I understand for students it's important as well. Like they thrive off it. They get a kick out of mm-hmm. being able to be like, oh, here's me in this class. And you know, and if yeah. they're doing a great job, it makes them look good. It in turn could provide them with opportunities to work. So, and like I've seen people say, oh, my class isn't going to be a type class. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then that person think after a while, shit, I can't do this anymore because no one's in my class. no one's coming. So I'm typing. Yeah. So, and, and that's fair too. I don't know. I, I would never... Personally, I would never make it a focus of the class. Mm. Like, it would need to be something that lives, like, coexists peacefully. It's not going to interrupt how the class proceeds. But it's definitely changed how people take class. And I think... Because if I'm taking class for an hour and a half, I don't want to spend half hour of it watching people dance. Hell no. Like, are you kidding me? Get off the stage. No way. I sound very Irish there. Yeah. (laughs) Get off the stage. (laughs) No way. Um, No like if so for example in the guy who this his name is Dennis he's great what he does up in Manchester he filmed class for me two weeks ago and I said to him you know that's great come and film but I just don't want it to interrupt the class I don't want it to be too invasive and I did one group mm-hmm. and he filmed it and that was it yeah. and that's how I run my class generally unless it would be I don't pick out people for the sake of picking out people but if somebody did a great job I guess this was amazing 11 year old in my class last week oh my god on Wednesday on Tuesday oh my god she was she put the rest of us to shame um, you know then you're like yeah you're gonna pull you out for sure yeah. um, you're gonna make me some money <laughs> no see no <laughs> um, but net, like that whole thing and I mean I I've not, haven't experienced it but I've heard the horror stories of people mm. going to class and spending the hour of it watching other people do it in groups, like I would full on protest. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have my banner outside and I would will not we will not be we will not be moved. Like this is some <laughs> bullshit. Like that's not yeah. that's not on. Especially the the amount of money you spent, like eighteen dollars for a class. Fuck right. I um, I think I've said it on the podcast before, but I think if you're gonna do that, utilize it and be like, right, in this section of the choreography, the camera's gonna be over here and we're gonna perform over here and put it to a real life scenario as if it's a video shoot or a TV show. So then at least they're gaining some purpose from you benefiting from filming it as opposed to just going we're going to film and I guess as a student it comes down to the choices you make as a teacher and as a student you need to decide what you're teaching for and as a student you need to decide what you're training for yes so if you're a teacher and you're saying okay I'm going to make a million dollars off Instagram and my Insta profile is going to get me you know mm-hmm. what, what fair play off you go live that's your, your, best that's life. your game plan fair if you're a teacher who wants to teach and you want to impart knowledge or you want to share your experience or you want to affect a new generation of dancers mm-hmm or you just want to share your work, do you? Mm-hmm. And if you're a student who equally wants to be all about their posts online, mm-hmm. if that's truly benefiting you in the long run of your yeah. career, if you can sustain a for living. the next 10 years, yeah. go for it. Mm-hmm. But think about what you are giving yourself. It's like people saying the books and the things you read or the things you watch or the things you pull into your environment or what feeds your imagination or feeds your personality. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's all you're going to put in, that's all you're going to get out. Yeah. So great, do that. But then go to a, a foundations class and yeah. go to a contemporary class and go to a freestyle class and go to a class where you feel at your most awkwardly awful. Like, it'd be me if I go to Glenn Hudson class. Yeah. Because I fucking love Glenn. He's incredible. But I would be awful at his stuff. Yeah. Like... Everybody, each to their own. You, you need to think about what it is you want to achieve and how best to achieve it. And I still think, regardless of how Instagram works, you as a dancer owe it to yourself to try and train yourself to the best possible version of yourself. Yeah, that's why 
a part of me now, uh, the new in thing is everyone, uh, teacher having a program. Oh, or yeah, an intensive. Of it's of the course. new intensive. Everyone's gone, oh, that made Galen, did it? She made shitloads of money. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, so many intensives. It's like there's an, the new thing called intensive, which I kind of like it because it's kind of like, I guess, like you and John went to New York yeah. and did the program there. Yeah. I guess it's like a mini version of one of them. Yeah, I guess. Um, maybe. But then, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but then when the people are doing it, it uh, my, my confusion is what their teachers are doing it for. Like, if there's just one teacher doing the entire thing on their own, well, they can just come to your class. Like, yeah. for me, like, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to take a four-day intensive with one person, maybe, because... Yeah, it would depend what you're coming out with. I mean, I, 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 I know, obviously, I'm aware of most intensives that go on. And I think, like, if you're coming away from it, getting something you wouldn't get from class, mm-hmm. like, Cisco really imparts his own personality yeah, and like pushes. Yeah, like a one-to-one exactly. scenario. Or Dean creates these beautiful pieces of work by the end. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Like, if I was a student. Then it's 100%. beneficial. Yeah, yeah. But if, yeah, like you said, if you're just getting what you get in, in a class. In a class environment, but you get it back-to-back over a few hours. Yeah. What's the, I don't understand the benefit of it, and you're paying quadruple the price. I mean, I guess... I feel very lucky because I got, I feel like my training in the UK was phenomenal. Like training with 2XS, I yeah. trained at 2XS, I trained with Avantgarde, Tony Adigan, shout mm-hmm. out, and I trained Zoo Nation. Nation. You had the three, three of the best. And I should have really gone to Boy Blue more, but I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in East London and it was far. Yeah. Um, and Too much floor. And work. I should have, and I hate myself that I didn't, but because mm-hmm. Ken is phenomenal in what he does and, and, and the, the amount of, of impact he has had. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so we didn't need them yeah. because you were going and you were getting yelled at for three hours on a Sunday. Yeah. I used to go from two excess to avant-garde on a Sunday. That's mental. Two to five, six to nine. Who the fuck was I? Um, <laughs> couldn't do it now if you paid me. Um, and and they, were, they were some hard-ass training. And if you look around at the people who I believe are the most prolific working dancers, they, they are people that came through there. Well, I always say most of the working dancers my age and above are from 2XS. Yeah. Anything below, kind of, that's when 2XS was stopping. But yeah, my yeah. age and up, oh everything, everyone had been in 2XS. And we, we were late, like, I was mm. 25 or 24 when I was going to 2XS. And you had, pe- like, Randall was 16. Yeah. And, like... Get it, Randall, with yeah. j Oh, so proud. So happy. Um, like, they that training changed dancers, like, completely. Yeah. So we were really lucky to have that. And then that, when that went away, there was a big old gap. Yeah, I remember thinking, what am I going to do now? Luckily, I made friends with John, and I was like, what do you do? How... <laughs> How do you train? Just follow him around. Yeah, (laughs) because same thing. I saw someone with a a career and a lifestyle that I wanted, and I was like, let me be your... And also there's probably a few people who wouldn't train like he trains. Yeah, and and he would also... He also took me under his wing, and kind of I had had my own intensive, you could say. You know what I mean? I had him going, you should do this, you should do that, and I had special attention. (laughs) So it was like my own intensive, so maybe that's why (laughs) I find it. What kind of special attention did you have? (laughs) 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 He used to cook me dinner. (laughs) Oh, bless um, and that's why f- the intensives now, maybe that's the benefit they're getting from it. They're getting more one-to-one attention. But I really like the intensives where I see, like, so say Cisco's one. And you go to Cisco's intensive, but you're not just getting Cisco. You're getting all of Cisco's beliefs of what makes a good trait. Yeah, what, what and you're also dancer. getting teachers who he believes in. Yeah, and like, you know, he's getting Jimmy in. Yeah, yeah. And I think Kim is doing the same. She's bringing in people who can benefit them in other ways. And the girls, uh, Haley and, and Kalechi doing she as well. They're trying to provide also a different type of mm-hmm. environment to create different types of skill sets too. Yeah. So they're all, like, a lot of the intensives have merit, but... 
are they just a money earner? Uh, money earner? That's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. A though. money earner? Probably to a certain extent, but everyone's got to eat. Oh, completely. It's all a different business plan, I, I guess. I think, yeah. I think for me, Runway House was and still is one of the best options for dancers for training, like to excess could have been mm -hmm. because you're going for six week blocks and you're getting different teachers every week and you're getting that attention because Minnie doesn't mess around and yeah. she will push you and she will try and get the best from you and she's giving them performance opportunities and 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 I and I that was would have been one of the ones I really would have believed in and she's yeah. continued to make that work for God, probably longer than I think now. Yeah, three years now. No, like it's longer than really? that. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I taught for her before she was even in, in runway, and it was called something else. But doesn't she have different programs? She does. So one's like a technical yeah, yeah, program. Yeah, yeah, So there's a technical program. They do contemporary jazz and ballet. There's a, a commercial hip hop program. Mm -hmm. There's also a foundation program where they do whacking, locking, oh, popping. Amazing. Like it's sick, um, and and I think that's great. Yeah. And you're getting more maybe I can't say because I haven't done them you're getting more individual attention mm -hmm. in that environment than yeah. maybe you would on a two day intensive somewhere else yeah but and I, I quite like the fact that it'd be spaced out as opposed to going two days of six hours a day or whatever like <sighs> who the fuck wants Knackered. to dance like yeah. I can't dance six hours a day anymore <laughs> no, <neither>. <laughs> <laughs> I did a four hour <laughs> rehearsal with you last week and you were like there's more to learn I was like bitch say what <laughs> oh god I couldn't rehearse like that anymore either I'm like five six seven go <laughs> yeah it's good. That's the easy part. That's why card reserve fatter than dancer. <laughs> um, Don't say that. Jay will no, no, no. be, Jay will be of devastated. Course not, not you, Jay. Definitely not, not you. you. <laughs> Keeping it fire. Um, um, but yeah, like, there's lots of different ways to learn. And I think you, you as an individual, have to kind of make that decision yourself and what's mm. best for you. Um, um, and what do you think for a girl? Uh, like I had a message the other day from I can't remember her name now but she messaged I'm sorry I forgot your name and she messaged me saying um, she's like, she loves the podcast or whatever and she's asking for advice on what to do to break into the industry she left college like two years ago right, okay. and what's her advice to break in uh, and my advice was to just like we've been saying get, in the, get in the classes where you can see yeah. the working dancers yeah. are or the people who are choreographing and keep pestering agents until they give you a response I was like sorry agents but they, they probably get a bazillion emails a day they probably open 1% of them and yeah. you might, you, it's not that they're ignoring you. They just might just not even... They've got a lot to do. They've got a lot to do. Yeah. We don't know. What would your... As a woman, what would your advice be to them? Because um, mine would be, take your kit off, get recognized. <laughs> okay, never listen to Kane give advice, anyone. <laughs> That's what you need to learn from today. That's why everyone wears nipple tassels to auditions. <laughs> Lord. Um, what would I say? Okay, it's difficult, yeah. Let's not, let's not kid about it. It's yeah. not an easy industry to get into. I think it's much harder now than it was. Yes and no. Because the amount of people. Yes, but there's more work than there used to be. True. Hundred um, percent. I think. But less auditions to be seen. Yes, that's true. Okay, so you need to get in the right places and around the right people. Absolutely, you need to be training with people who are working or have worked or have experience in the industry. If that's what you want to do, first and foremost, you need to decide what it is you want to do. What's the goal? Yes, and pivotally. Is that goal something that you can achieve? Like, i.e., are you six foot two as a girl? Chances are, unfortunately, the commercial jobs aren't going to come across for you that many, that often because you're yeah. just a little bit too tall. But the modeling might. Yeah, <laughs> or you could be living your best life on a cruise ship because they're always after tall girls. Mm -hmm. You could be doing modeling, models who move stuff. Like, there's options. Mm -hmm. Basically, what I'm trying to say is understand what your plus points are, understand what your um, skill set is. Mm -hmm. Think about what it is you want and try and match them together. Like, be 
don't by any means give up on yourself or anything or rule anything out, but be smart mm-hmm. about it. So make that decision first. Yeah. And then decide who are the people who you know are working in that, in that section of the industry. How can you get to them? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do they take class? Do they teach class? Are they hanging around rehearsing at XYZ? Like, think about how you can get to know them. Are they present on Instagram? Maybe you can contact them that way. Then in terms of training, you have to train. Like, it's not going to come and knock on your door. You have to go get it. So go and train. And don't just take the heel class that you feel good in. That's not going to help you. No, because you can already do that you feel good. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to help. I think, I mean, I have slight heel fatigue, if I'm really honest, mm. because there's so much of it now. But I think sometimes, like, don't get me wrong, there's some teachers teaching good heel stuff, but it's not the be-all and end-all. And I think sometimes... We use it as an excuse to do less or challenge ourselves less or mm. maybe kind of play to the lowest common denominator of our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't shoot me, people in the back row. Um, I am a feminine person. I mm-hmm. love to dance in that respect. I always have. But I see a lot of stuff that makes me wince. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're young and you don't know any better, you think maybe that's the class you should go to. That's not the class you should go to. You should go to the class of someone who's going to teach you how to carry your weight in those heels Mm -hmm. and what you need to do in a job in those heels Mm -hmm. and what you need to understand is that the choreo is not going to change because you're in a heel. Yeah. So you like walking back and forth for an eight and having a nice grope of yourself for an eight isn't going to help you. No. It's just going to make you feel good. And be cute. Like, yeah, go yeah. to that class once a week for yourself. Yeah, you'll get something from it. Yeah, but don't. That's not the only thing li- You shouldn't live there. No. So go and take the classes that push you. Go and take the classes that could benefit you. And I mean that by your skill set and by the people that you might meet in those classes. Yeah. Talk to people. Mm-hmm. Get to know people. Take any opportunity you can to perform. And I don't mean take jobs on the cheap. I mean, like... UK stand-ups. And yeah. Um, Jan's upfront. Do upfront yeah. for someone. Ask somebody. Go to a program where they provide a performance opportunity to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like, research the intensives that are out there. See who the people who are teaching them are. Mm-hmm. See what they've done. Are they someone who has something to offer you? Go and take that intensive. Um, and then, I think... It's sad, but it's true. What you look like has a big part to play. So Huge. make sure that you are looking your best. Don't starve yourself. Don't be something you're not. Mm-hmm. But be fit. Be prepared. Yeah. Be cute. AK, please don't starve yourself. Please don't. If you don't know what to eat, you feel free. I will respond to every single person. If like, you don't know about food, I will save you because I know a lot. Like, <laughs> look after yourself. And I mean that in the best possible way. Look after your physical health. Look after your mental health take care of yourself that's mm-hmm. so important you can't do anything for anybody if you're not the best possible yeah. version of yourself so look after yourself and and think about your presentation what you look like in an mm-hmm. audition room like if you're i'm not saying change your image but you might want to think about maybe altering it slightly mm-hmm. like maybe a different haircut maybe a different color maybe change the way you do your makeup maybe don't wear so much if you're young because they seem to love the makeup yeah um <laughs> like you know, look around the room, see who's booking and think, okay, what does she look like? What do I look like? Maybe I can, mm-hmm. like, be smart, evolve, adapt to the situations you're yeah. in. And, like, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Be tenacious. Don't let it, look, as long as it makes you happy, keep going. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. If someone thinks they know it at all, they don't. They might know some more than you, but that doesn't mean they have all the answers. No. I have taught for... 16 years Mm -hmm. 
And there's people who I've been incredibly proud to have taught and seen gone on and do phenomenal things. And there's other people who I've been proud to teach who perhaps I never thought would do like yeah. a lot and have gone on to completely surprise me and blow my, my opinion out of the water. So who the fuck am I? Mm-hmm. Like look and hard work and attitude and personality and professionalism have so much to do with your trajectory. Probably as much, if not more so, than your talent. Yeah. End of. Completely. So don't ever let anybody tell you you can't, but don't do it if it doesn't make you happy anymore. No, don't sacrifice your happiness for this end goal because oh, it doesn't 100%. exist. 100%. Because I have, I have done things I've never thought I would and, I have, and I'm very proud of the things I've done. But there were times where it sucked. Yeah. And we've all had those. And I've watched people with amazing amounts of talent walk away. Mm-hmm. And I've watched people with a decent amount of talent do things that are phenomenal. Yeah. And you just don't know. And sometimes the thing that keeps them, that makes that okay amount of talent do amazing things is just not stopping. Not giving not up. Not stopping. Not and quitting. Being just, ten- yeah, keep just going, going. Staying positive and still turning up to the, the Absolutely. class. And still going to that fifth audition. Yeah. And your work ethic. Like, it, I think sometimes we don't understand the difference between dancing and being a great dancer and what it takes to be a great professional working dancer. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I don't think we connect the dots. No, I think people think being able to kill a combo is what it makes to be a dancer. It's and really I, I used to be that person. And I remember Same. You, you told me, I remember me and you talking and me saying to you when I was young and dumb, going, oh, this person's shit and they get all the jobs, but I'm better than them. And you saying, but look at the people who are working. And you, I remember you always said Adrian Gas. It was like, look at Adrian. Sidebar, he, he did he, not say you were shit, Adrian. No, no, no. <laughs> he. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> um, but you saying, look, he's the utmost professional. He's always employed. Why do you think that is? What what qualities do you think he possesses? He's nice. He's always on time. He never moans. He's always present. He engages in conversation. It's not always about the moves. Completely. Like, and I know that mm. now. I, I like. I've worked on some of the biggest jobs in the country, and I I I watch the people who I would employ again, mm-hmm. and who my agent would employ again, mm-hmm. and I watch the people who we wouldn't. Because it's not just about how good you are. It's never just been about how good you are. You could be the sickest person in the room. Mm-hmm. If you're an asshole. No one gives a fuck. Like, no way. Because it has to be a pleasant working environment for everybody, not mm-hmm. just for you. Like, from my point of view, I want someone on my team who's punctual, who's pleasant, who's hardworking, mm-hmm. who's focused, who's a great performer, who's a great dancer, and who, who, they don't, you don't have to be, don't get me wrong, you don't have to be like, hi, showbiz, yeah, yeah. like extrovert. Like I'm not the, I'm not the most extroverted person I've ever met. It depends mm-hmm. on the environment I'm in. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're working hard and you're, you know, pleasant and you're engaged, yeah. that's so important. You don't have to be something you're not. Mm-hmm. But you certainly can't like rock up late. No. And demand the, like the unreasonable and be on your phone and be the last person to meander onto set. Like, um, peace. Like, yeah. I don't want to know. Don't be the person that they have to ask twice. To yeah. Do shit ever. Like, Always be the first. Oh, man. And the person who, who when you say, eh, like, I, I want someone, who, I haven't even finished the sentence yet, but they're already, they're ready. They know. Switched on. I'm, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And I've worked with both types of people and the people who have made an impression on me are the people who are just 
on it. Like they know what they're there for. Mm. They get the work done. They're focused in rehearsal. They ask the right questions. They're quick to pick up. They're quick to adapt to change. Mm. And that's the biggest thing I think that the, the gap between what I know for to be fact is that the amount of times that things change, particularly in live TV, before mm. they go on yeah. is unreal. And I don't think that's a skill that I would have had in, in, in abundance. Mm -hmm. But now, like for example, when I did X Factor before Christmas, I probably changed things. That is the super changing job. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> it's the ultimate. 50 now, I'm not, it's not like Brian Friedman's time was a change, but yeah. it was enough. Um, and it was because there were so many different, uh, there was a lot of different cooks. Mm -hmm. So you had, and, and, and very l uh, short turnaround times. Mm -hmm. So information was coming in late and then you had to change and adopt to yeah. that. But the, the amount of times those dancers took changes and just ran at them, mm -hmm. I was like, you guys are amazing. Yeah. Um, and that's really key. You need to be able to trust yourself and, and adapt to that and, mm. and get on with it. Sweet. And the easier they make your life, oh, yeah. the more likely they are to always come back. Yeah, completely. And, and you know, and work breeds work isn't, it's, a like it's, it's true for a reason. Because mm. if I do a job, and there's a dance ramp that's fantastic. And someone says to me, oh, I need X, Y, Z. I'd be like, oh, there was this girl in my job mm -hmm. last week. She was incredible. You should take her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Give me your details. Boom, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. Like there was a girl. I'm going to shout her out because it was pretty phenomenal. There's a girl called Charlotte Kate Anderson. She's young. She's from Erdang. She did a job for me for Tiny Tampa before Christmas. And I'd never met her before, but I got her off a recommendation from a friend. And she was incredibly quiet in rehearsal. And I threw a lot of information at them real quick. And she probably barely said two words, but she was on it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this kid's good. Get to the set, get to the tech, do the tech, fine. Get the job. <laughs> she does the whole four numbers. There's like a, um, an encore at the mm -hmm. end. She doesn't come on. And I was like, where'd she go? Oh, she's vanished. Where's she? I don't know. What the? And I think, fuck, maybe something's wrong with her. Mm -hmm. So I run backstage. I run backstage and she's standing with her shoe in one hand and her heel in the other. <laughs> <laughs> And her heel had fully broken off at the start of the third number. Fully broken off. So she did two numbers. With no heel. With no heel. She just put the heel in her short. You're ready to go. Why are you cracked on? Yeah, I was ready to be like, what happened to you? And I was like, oh my God, you're a hero. Yeah. Like she just cracked on. And respect, like that's what, that's what you're there for. She yeah. just, and I'm sure she didn't have a very nice time. But she, I never, mm. I didn't look at her like, what's she doing? You know? Yeah. Um, and there's loads of those stories you could tell where people just get the job done. And the same when I was working as a dancer, like, you know, you might think you're about to die on a slippy floor in like four inch heels, but, you know, you'll probably be fine. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes it's important for young dancers to understand that it's not just about killing the combo because that's great. Like, absolutely. But it's all the other things that go along with that. Killing yeah, because the they carry important. over. Completely. I think I've said it on here before. And if we were in Malta and Nicole went, oh, more, and then when we were doing Nicole, she went to me, more, good morning, boring. And I was like, <gasps> she was like, I was the boring one. And I was like, well, something like that. Someone referenced me being out. boring because I wouldn't go out drinking with them all the night before. Me thinking I'm being the professional and I'm going to not be hungover tomorrow and I'm going to kill it. Like we got tech rehearsal on stage. I'm going to be on point. <laughs> Isn't but funny? Realistically, I was the one which didn't build a relationship and didn't make a friendship. That's didn't true. become part of the group. And you damn you the next time I went out drinking because I was like well I'm not being the boring one again <laughs> yeah well maybe you don't have to go and get laughed well I didn't get laughed but it was about yeah yeah be social building a friendship yeah. and yeah but being I mean, part of the team yeah I think and that's important too like you do you do want to be you know involved well, I thought I was being I thought I was doing with. the professional no, thing no I would have thought I would have done the same yeah well yeah 
Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Um, no, it carries over a lot. Yeah. There's so much more to it. Um, you're, you've been choreographing now for the past uh, long time. For the past. That's accurate, yeah. In, in the yeah. past. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably 10 years. What is your goal now? I don't know, you know. Um, in the last... Like a lot of, okay, so a lot of things in my life have changed. Um, You're I an adult. I'm a grown-up, yeah. You're a grown-up. You um, own a home. I do. I own a home. I own my own house. Well, I own half of my own house. Um, I live in Manchester. I'm married. I have a cat. <laughs> um, and so my life has changed and so my priorities have changed. Uh -huh. And... I've done more things in the last two years than I probably ever could have imagined. And I've really, I'm really proud of the things that I've got the opportunity to do. Um, and so I don't know. So this summer I'm, I think, working on a movie, which is the last box to tick. Yeah. So that would be quite cool if that happens. Um, and, uh, and then I don't know. Like, I've done this for if work out the math hang on 17 years is that right yeah 17 years total mm. like from when i start decided okay i'm gonna try and do this mm -hmm. to now and i don't know i'm a pisces i don't really i'm not that big into horoscopes but i do think some things are true mm -hmm. and and if anybody knows anything about horoscopes pisces are like they flip-flop <laughs> the fish on top and fish on yeah. Um And I do that. So uh, there's times where I think, oh, I'm just going to give it all up and I'm going to go and like you should, fight you some righteous causes. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, sometimes yeah. I think about it. I get like really fired up when I watch things. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very um, pro, obviously, women's rights and particularly coming from Ireland and not to get too political, but about um, pro-choice and all those kind of things. And mm -hmm. I sometimes think, God, I should be doing something more righteous mm -hmm. or more I don't know having a bigger effect on meaningful on yes than just dancing than just dancing around I said that to somebody the other day and they said yeah but you are you're you're ch you're changing young dancers lives and I was like oh that's a nice thing to say yeah. I hope that's true um so sometimes I think that and I and I did take a step out of this for about a year and a half and I went and worked in theater production mm -hmm. with um a man called Colin Ingram who is uh is like a mentor. He's probably the only person I'd consider to be a mentor for me. And he was, is one of the best people I know, the smartest people I know. And if you've never heard of him, he is the man responsible for Ghost, the musical. Mm -hmm. um, and he is about to bring Back to the Future to the West End next year. Um, and he gave me an opportunity to work with him. And I completely stepped out of dance and went and did an office job for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And it taught me an awful lot and it gave me a lot of stuff back because dancing in the industry can be difficult and it kind of can chip away at your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Even if you are, like, even if you've done great things and no matter how successful or not successful you are, it can chip away at you slightly. And, and it had chipped away at me. Yeah. And it gave me a lot of my self-confidence and my belief in myself and what I could do back um, that I'd lost. And I really loved working with him and I, and I really contemplated staying in that industry. Um, and so there's a part of me that thinks there are other things that I could do. Yeah. Um, I still have things I'd love to do. I still love my job. I love to teach. Um, I get such a kick out of it. I love to choreograph. I love seeing things that I've done be on, on TV, mm -hmm. on stage. Um, I love working with different types of people. Like I've done a lot of work with The Voice and The Voice Kids and 
I really, it sounds really naff, but I really consider it a privilege to be around those people because they are so unique and so talented and, and it's just a, it's a real honor to be around people who can sing like that. Yeah. And it's weird because you say you want to have an effect and maybe something more meaningful, but I know Beth very well, who you helped on The Voice. Oh, Bethiana. Yeah. Oh, and she what was saying how helpful you were to her and how much easier you made the process oh, for her. Oh, that's nice. So the things we do, do the well, things you do, do carry <laughs> yeah, over to help. Yeah. Just yeah. maybe not in a way that we see it, yeah, but you helped her life dramatically. Oh, that's nice. Uh, she's great. She's super talented. I really, I really, I thought she could win it. I was equally, herself and Dean, I really both was, was I was going for them both. Um, I get really attached to people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and they were just, they're just such lovely people because they're not coming from a, a famous background. They're coming They've from They've not like been molded into the artists. No, like there was a lady called Sarah who was a mortgage broker who lived in Essex with her two kids. Yeah. And she sang like, like a lark, like Mariah Carey and would be think, in the dark. What have you been doing? <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah, you're just, that's a gift from yeah. your soul. And you're just at home making dinner for your kids. Like singing along. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. And giving those people confidence. And I'm sure people think, oh, she's choreographing the voice. Like, what does she actually choreograph? I don't. I help those people get from A to B and give them confidence and encourage them to be mm. uh, the best version of themselves and and let them live their dream for those moments. And that's really, mm. really special. And the kids as well. And the kids are... <laughs> The kids ah. are incredible. Like they, they probably don't need much really confidence to they boost in. They are unbelievable. Like they have no fear. Like no fear, and and they're just so great to be around. And they're yeah. families as well. So it's on. It's on ITV. Not that I'm plugging anything, but it is on ITV. It started last Saturday, and they're just. They really are amazing to watch. You're talking about seven-year-olds, eleven-year-olds, thirteen-year-olds who no are fear. singing on live national TV, and they're just amazing. So, um, so I'll be working on that in the summer, which I'm really looking forward to too. Um, so I've been really privileged and done lots of things that I've been really, really grateful to do. And if I could continue to do that, then fantastic. Mm. If something else gets in the way, then that happens too. If I, I don't know. I don't know is the really, really long-winded answer. Yeah. Um, but I guess there's something exciting about that. There is. There when is. there's not a plan, you just kind of go with the wind. And you know what? I... Like my my path has been very up and down, and, and I know some people have had much much more smoother careers than me. Mm -hmm. And there was a point where I wanted it so badly, I wanted to choreograph everything so badly, and I was like like begging for it, and it it pa it just didn't come my way, and I walked away from it all, and I kind of had this mentality when I moved to Manchester of like I'm just gonna let it go, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. see what happens, I'm gonna let see let the wind takes me where it goes, and lo and behold. <laughs> It all comes flooding in. It literally walked up to me. Mm. Do you want this job? <laughs> well, yeah. in the form of Jerry Reef. Hi, Jerry. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> thanks. So, so I'm. You know, you just never know. I think is 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 the key, and that's why you never want to. Don't quit if you still want to do it. Don't give up on yourself if you feel like you could, because you just don't know what you might be around the corner. Never know. No. It's a very um interesting life we lead. Absolutely. Like, it's been, f I left home, like, the July bombings, the 7-7 bombings that happened in July. My dad said, I don't want you to go. I don't think you should go. Because he was frightened. Mm. So cute. And I said, Dad, I'm going to, like, I can't not go. Mm. And that's 14 years ago. Next month. Crazy. So, it's been, um, it's been a hell of a ride. And... 
let's see where the wave goes next, I guess. Yeah. What's your most proudest moment? Uh, proudest. That's hard, actually. I don't know. There, there is a couple of them in different ways. Okay, so doing choreographing for X Factor was pretty phenomenal because I remember like being in a really low place, having auditioned for X as a dancer, and like praying to some any kind of god, like please just let me, just give me a week yeah. on it. I need something. And doing two weeks for Brian and, and being like, oh, this is amazing. And not getting yelled at, which is incredible. And <laughs> so, yes, Survivor. Survivors. <laughs> he was so amazing to work for. Cisco Man, yelled at scary. me, but Brian never. <laughs> okay. um, and, uh, and, then, and then turning around eight years later and being able to say, yeah, I'm choreographing X Factor this week. That was, that was pretty amazing. That was, that was definitely really, really proud of that. I'm also really, pr I'm, I'm proud of lots of things. I'm proud of the people that... I feel like I've had a role in. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of my students who've gone on and done really amazing things. I'm so proud every time any one of them gets a job. I, like, it, it, it's just the best feeling. Um, I'm proud of the things I've done as a choreographer in my own personal work, not in terms mm -hmm. of work work. Um, like, no one had ever done a feminine piece before me. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like I gave women a bigger opportunity to dance in the UK. Um, Definitely. I'm really proud of that work that I've done. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I'm still here. I'm proud that I'm still going because I think, you know, it's not an easy career to take on and, and I've managed to. So. And it only get, I feel like it gets harder as you get older because you feel like, I, I feel like your, your wick runs out. You get a bit like, oh, I'm getting tired now. I'm getting exhausted yeah, now. It does get to that. Yeah, it does it get changes. You lose that fight and that desire to keep fighting through and going, yeah. I've still got it. You do lose that passion. But the fact that you've managed to make a living from just oh, this, certainly. you know, and, you yeah, know, you've yeah. bought a home. This yeah, is a yeah. this is a lifestyle. Like, that's my proudest thing, like walking into my flat and that's going, true, yeah. going I've, I've bought yeah. this from from just dancing like yeah, there's yeah, something right. from my hobby yeah which something which I everyone love. laughed at and yeah. said that's silly at school you know yeah. that's the yeah. that was it for me that's so true that's really true um i didn't actually think about people that, do yeah. something they hate every day to, oh, to yeah. have this yeah. thing that they desire but we've managed to get it from what we love yeah well with a little help from your husband yeah <laughs> and, your and your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> um but no, yeah, I've had some, I've had some amazing things and amazing moments as a dancer that obviously I don't dance anymore, but moments that I, you know, like getting to get, getting flown across the world and getting paid for it. Like yeah. that shit doesn't get old. Do you remember that um, Instagram page? No, Facebook page. I'm getting paid for this. Yes, I featured that, on that. That was the best page ever. <laughs> and that still is one of my all time favorite moments. The thing is that people say to me, what's your favorite thing you've ever done? And it's always the stupid shit that yeah. you think about. Well, it's the stuff you remember. Yeah, no, well, it's the best stuff. Yeah. I mean, no one can ever be a better dancing cigarette than me and Chanel Ferguson and Nicole Bonzi. No, it is brilliant. <laughs> I choreographed that bad boy, people, um, and got paid for it. I so. wonder if that page still exists. I don't know. Is, are we allowed to say who it was? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally going to dob that person yeah. in. Um, I don't think it does. That but was brilliant. Some of the funniest shit I've ever done has been Zoo Nation related, like that. Always. And Only Fools and Horses, the ad we did. Everyone needs to go and look oh at that because it's fantastic. It's the funniest shit you will ever see. I had a pain in my stomach. The next day I felt like I did like the ab kind of workout you yeah. do because I'd laughed all day. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Rowan Hawkins, Sean Miles. Jack. Um, Jack, who was, bless him, was Jack working on great. very little sleep that great. day. Mikey Frome, like just... 
Chanel, Chanel, Tally Fergus, like just crying, Chanel. laughing. Chanel, I've never called <laughs> yeah, Chanel. Chanel. Sorry, Tally. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my God, like those days were the, f- those things were the funniest fucking shit I've ever done in my life. And I will, they are the things I'd take to my grave. That, that page should be, re- <laughs> you know, should come back I to life. I just don't think there's as many. Baby Shark, the guys who did Baby Shark at Baby Christmas, shark. that would come on. <laughs> yeah, that could go. <laughs> I would have loved to do that if somebody made me put me in a shark outfit. I'm ready. Yeah, but I just think of Left Shark. Left Shark for the win. I followed him on Twitter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> as in Left Shark or the yeah, dancer? No, Left Shark. <laughs> oh, Left Shark has a page. Left Shark used to have a Twitter, yeah. Brilliant. Left Shark president. That and the house that fell off the stage. <laughs> the house. Katy Perry's on a roll. Yeah, it was good. Um, those things, I mean, they're the best bits, aren't they? When you're just cracking up laughing and yeah. you just can't, st- you know, they're, that's good times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, proudest moment is, is, there's lots of things to be proud of for you too. Yeah, oh, 100%. Absolutely. This is about you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> they Shit. hear me all the time. <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much. My pleasure. That I was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you were so nervous. Before. <laughs> we have sat here for about an hour and rabbit it on before we start recording. It's, it's just like, well, should we do this then? <laughs> oh, God. We were meant to do it two weeks ago. It's true. And I was exhausted from learning It's taking you long numbers. enough. How many, what number podcast is this? 55. See, I should be number one, you know. No, too nerve-wracking. <laughs> I needed practice goes. Um... Well, I find it harder actually speaking to my friends. Like yeah, everyone, sure. everyone that I've spoke to is my friend. So like Adrian was like number two, and Jordan's number one. I they're loved all Adrians. they're all my friends. But when it's like your really close friends, it's harder to disengage. Yeah, separate. Do you know sure. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's been really like I love listening to it. It's really nice for me because I don't see my friends all the time. I've been like walking to work and listening to you, having a chat with Adrian, or you having a chat with Sean, or you I having a chat with Lewis. Why can't I hear my two friends talking and I can't see them? <laughs> it's really good though. And it's also, and it's also something that I've said to my students, you should listen to this because it's a resource. Like this is set, like primary sources of people well, who are working in the industry. Well, this is information that I found took me a long time to learn yeah. because I had to become friends with the, with you and John and Cisco and all these people to learn this information. It took a lot of being able to learn to trust each other and become yeah, a friend a and to build offering. up the courage yeah. to ask a specific question. Yeah, yeah, so of course. if it does offer help to people, You're then... being sourced and, you know, written essays for college work. Yeah, send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I really appreciate it. And thank you for telling everyone to listen to it. I oh, hope everyone finds benefit within it. Hopefully so. Yeah, I hope I haven't just waffled on for an hour about nothing. But for me, it's not about how many people. Like, if one person listens and it helps one person, yeah, then 100%. I feel like my job is done. And Your work here is uh, done. My work here is done. And even every time I speak to someone, I get I benefit from it. That's what's so nice. Yeah, it must be nice just listening to people's stories and things. I think it's always mm. nice to listen to people's experience because... And even when you speak to people that you feel like you know really well, mm. you go, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Well, it gives really? you another look at them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you learned anything today? Yes. You've learned that I my filterlessness is. I learned that you left after the bombings be. and your dad didn't want you to go. I didn't oh, know that. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that you oh, went Mick. to New York and LA before you moved to London. Yeah. I thought you moved to London then went there. No, went I to New York three times and then to LA and three then came times. here. Yeah, no Irish accents, please. No, sorry. I do it all the time. I don't know why. It's really bad as well. <laughs> I've been trying to do a Scottish one recently, but I can only do it in a really high pitched voice. That wasn't the least that wasn't bit Scottish. <laughs> It's a comedy <laughs> podcast too. <laughs> right. Anyway, I love you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye, bitches.